Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hi, I'm Alex L., and I write books for a living. The Hey Girl podcast was created with sisterhood and storytelling in mind. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. I'll be sitting down with some phenomenal women to discuss love. I believe we grew distant out of love of some type. Like, yeah. I don't want to hurt you. Loss. Really don't know what's going to trigger that feeling of right. grief in any moment. And a topic very important to my work self-care. Freedom is self-care. It's not about pedicures. It's not about clothing. It's not about trips. Join us as we journey through sharing together. Today on the show, I'm sitting down with Nikki Radsley. She is the co-founder of Doddle & Co. Doddle is responsible for the pop binky. It is a magical pacifier that you're going to learn all about in this episode. But we also dive into motherhood, self-soothing, self-care, and the lessons that come along with being a business owner. Here is Nikki's story. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hi, Nikki. <laughs> it's so funny. I always laugh after I say, hey, girl, every time. How are you today? I know. I know. Good. I'm so good. I'm so excited to be in your presence, even over the, the phone here and be able to talk to you and hang out with you for a few minutes. I'm I am. Excited. Girl, I'm excited, too. I can't wait to to dive into how your product has saved my life. But before we do that, <laughs> please let the Hey Girl listeners know who you are and what you do. Oh, sure. So my name is Nikki Radsley, and I am the co-founder and CEO of Doddle & Co. And we are the makers and creators of the Pop Pacifier and the Chew Teether. Yeah, that's oh, what I do. That good old <laughs> Pop Pacifier. Can we just... Oh my gosh, guys. So the Pop Pacifier is this amazing thing that when it hits the ground, it pops into its own squishy shell so it doesn't get dirty so you're not running back and forth to the sink to constantly rinse it off or what i do suck on isla's pacifier to clean it which is absolutely disgusting don't do that um <laughs> right yeah but, but the pop has definitely just been a staple in our house so i want to start from the top how did the pop become what it is today and i also want to dive into self-soothing not only for the babies but the soothing um, aspect that you want to incorporate for the parents who are giving the pacifier so I'm going to let you take it from here how did the pop mm. come to be yes okay great yeah this is 
this is the the most exciting part of kind of what we do, and it's so fun to actually be able to say it out loud and talk about it, you know, not uh, through conference calls amongst ourselves, but to actually, <laughs> like, really state kind of what we do and the intention behind it. So in 2014, I moved out of New York City with my my oldest, uh, my oldest who was only two mm-hmm. and I was pregnant and expecting our second little guy, Aiden. And a friend of mine is an industrial designer out in San Francisco. And I had been talking with him about starting a baby company and some different ideas for products and everything. I noticed a need in the market, but more so I was just like a new mom. And I had, you know, what I thought was like boundless amounts of energy, (laughs) even though I wasn't sleeping. Um, And I could do all things because, you know, we can. I eventually, you know, started becoming very serious about building our uh, business and didn't have a name for it really. And and was trying to figure out like what I was going to do, but I was restless. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do something with all of my, you know, cooped up passion and and love to try to create something or build something. And so I went to my friend Jared and lo and behold, he said, look, we have this idea that's been kind of brewing and been prototyped. And a woman that works for me is expecting her second baby. She just recently moved to Singapore. She's an industrial designer. You can connect with her and learn more about this idea for a pacifier. I thought a pacifier, well, there's not much you can do with a pacifier. It mm. is what it is. It's mm. already super simple. There's there's no more minimalism that you can add to it <laughs> right. or design into it. Like, we've arrived. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, trying to figure out like a new pencil, you know, like or a hammer. Like, it is what it is. And so, though, you know, fast forward, I, I am sent a video of a prototype and it was his baby sucking on this pacifier. And every time that baby let go of the nipple, it popped right back into this protective silicone bubble. Mm. And I fell back in my seat and I thought, oh my God, that's an idea. That's a real design inventive problem that has been solved through design. And that's going to work. I would buy that. Mm. I want that. Mm -hmm. And I I can take that and do something. But I, at the time, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I, did, I, I, was, I didn't have any experience or training to speak of. and uh, But I did live a good, hard life up to that point. So I was just relying on my own sensibilities of being able to get through anything if I wanted to mm. and figure it out. You mm. know, I eventually caught up with Jana, who is um, the industrial designer, co-founder of Doddle & Co., mother of three now, who her it, it was her idea and she began the um, prototyping of of the product then and we got together and I said I, I got to do this I want to do this How, can we can we bring this to market and figure it all out you know safety and branding and marketability and she said yeah and so we ended up skyping for I think close to 18 months to to build the business and we had never met before we just would Skype every day and night. Wow. <laughs> and the the beauty of the pop is that we from the beginning said, Yeah, this is a really cool design. This is we can make this really awesome, but what is the brand promise behind it? What are we actually giving to parents? And right from day one we said, This is a wonderful product for babies, but really it's for mother or father. But in most cases, it's for mother so that she can 
she can have a few more moments with her baby mm-hmm. and, and save a couple of seconds running to the sink, reaching for a baby wipe to clean it off, putting it in a, like a pouch or a Ziploc, reaching for a clean one, leaving the house, you know, knowing like, oh, this is my only clean pacifier. If it falls, I'm, I'm you know, SOL. And, and, you know, having like minutes or moments back. And Jana, I think, said it really well one day. She said, I want to give parents more hand and heart time with their babies. I want that pacifier to fall on the floor. I want mom to pick it up and simply give it back to baby and not waste another second mm-hmm. thinking about anything else. And so in part and parcel, when you buy a pop pacifier, it's really a gift that we've made for you. Like it's the gift of time tied up in this little design. And we're, what we're really trying to say is here, mom and dad have a few more moments back with your baby. I, Here you go. Oh, my goodness. I love that. And it's so <laughs> innovative and helpful. And the intention behind it really makes me proud to be a customer of of mm. Donald. And I just I love it. And it's so cute in Isla's Ooh. mouth. It's like this huge thing. It takes up her face. And I just love it so much. <laughs> It's the cutest freaking thing ever. It's like a little button. I know it is a little button. So I want to kind of fast forward to where you are today Mm. and how being an entrepreneur businesswoman plays into your, your work life balance with your two boys, you're a wife. How does that work for you and how are you balancing self care in entrepreneurship oh well alex god (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah you know it's so funny and knowing that i was going to catch up with you today i thought about this question and recently in the past uh month since you know we've been chatting um a couple of things that have happened i think that are significant that really have have are, tr- are trying to teach me what self-balance really is. And, mm-hmm. and the first thing was I was pregnant with our third baby who we are very excited about and sadly lost that baby. Mm-hmm. And I've never been through that before. Mm-hmm. And I didn't expect it. I didn't see it coming. I have two boys and we found out that our baby was a, a baby girl, which is like a whole nother layer of surprise and excitement, but also pierced with the sorrow Mm. in it. Mm -hmm. And our business went through um, a a change recently and we're, we're updating our design and we're emotionally and mentally um, giving it all we got to kind of make this shift um, whereby, you know, to date, um, you know, the pop is the pop as you, as you know it to be. And, and you actually have um, our next generation of pops where you pop the nipple out and it'll stay put mm-hmm. for baby. And then when it really takes a good tumble to the floor is when it will pop back versus automatically like retreating into that bubble as soon as they stop sucking on it. Mm-hmm. And we hope and believe wholeheartedly that that will, you know, follow through with our brand promise even more and help parents and their babies kind of, you know, love it even a, a tad bit more. And then recently on July 4th, my son's, uh, my seven-year-old son's uh, best or close friend uh, passed away um, in a drowning accident. Yeah. And 
it is mm. so heavy this yeah. year and so deep and emotional. And I had to sit back finally and say, I need to take better care of myself and my family, but I have no idea how to do that because I'm doing the best I can. Mm. I'm probably extremely average and ordinary in the grand scheme of things. And I'm just trying to hold it all together between the house, the, you know, our, my husband, our jobs, my children, their interests and hobbies and happiness. And, you know, if I can get to bed at night, uh, putting them in bed and eating their cold mac and cheese left over at, you know, midnight, I'm happy. <laughs> like, I think I survived the day. Yeah, yeah. But what I've come to, you know, learn or learning and, and it's in life is helping wake me up to this fact is that through all these things that we've kind of are going through emotionally, mentally, professionally, um, is this urgency to take care of yourself and not find it to be a selfish thing. Mm. And I bet, you know, I first thought, Oh, I just need to go and get more manicures. I need to have some me time. Mm. And I realized that doesn't work. It didn't, didn't make me feel better. It gave me a fleeing moment of a little happiness or a little up, but it didn't make me feel more whole. Mm. And it certainly isn't making me feel more alive or present. Mm. And through this, I've come to realize that self-care for me and hopefully for the the parents that buy our products and our our brand promise is kind of tied together in that I want to feel more alive and present. And I don't want to be happy. I want to feel content Mm. in my life because that is the hardest thing I think to do. You can't buy it. You can't really earn it. You have to rejoice in what you already have Mm. and what's there in your relationships. And so in the last week, and all this is kind of raw in my mind, and sorry if my voice is shaking, but it's so like I've coming to realize how important self-care is because if I can't find that in myself and give that, make the time and have the intention to give that to myself, Mm I'm really no good. Mm. I'm I'm not alive for myself and I'm certainly not the kind of mother that I I always envisioned or dreamed that I would be for my my kids. Mm-hmm. And so I I've heeded your advice and I have in the last couple of weeks have tried to do things with intention even if it is pouring a cup of tea or tying my baby's shoes mm. or driving really safely. And I, I keep going back to what you said of to do it with thought and Mm -hmm. slow down and say, I am pouring this cup of tea for myself because this is like going to be the best thing to nourish me right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to, I'm going to pour this tea and I'm going to put it in my favorite mug and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to take a sip and I'm going to enjoy it. And then the rest of the world can go on and I'll snap back into, you know, the chores or whatever I'm supposed to be doing. But for a moment, I'm going to make this tea, not because I'm thirsty, but because it's going to nourish me. Mm. And that's something good for me right now. And I need that. And I, I keep doing that every day because it feels so good. Yeah. And it's helping me feel like if I could compare it to like banking or financing, is that like, every time I do something like that, I feel like I make a little deposit Mm. in myself. Yep. 
And even though it's small and it's, um, you know, not dramatic and not, not this huge grand gesture, but it's so small and it keeps adding up. It doesn't subtract. It's mm-hmm. like I just keep thinking of that when I eat a meal, when I am brushing my teeth or any like little thing. I'm like, I'm doing this for, for me, mm-hmm. for just me. I'm giving myself a little gift right now. And I can feel a difference in it helping me um, keep doing it more and more little things, like even just taking a deep breath, you know, I, I'm racing out the door in the morning, like every mom, you know, like, yeah. like I'm, me this I'm morning racing, I'm getting to flute lesson, <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, let's go. <laughs> no, let's go. How many more times do you have to put, put your shoes on? Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> it's like comedy, you know? And then I'm like everyone else. I drop the kids off and then I feel guilty for four minutes afterwards. I'm like, oh, we rushed. <laughs> we rushed again. Why can't we just yeah. be in the moment? Oh, my gosh. Yes. yes. Oh, my like, gosh. Just a mess. Um, oh, just my gosh. Ra- racing towards a stop sign, you know, I like I take a deep breath and I'm like, oh, the air feels the summer air right now feels so good. And I'm like, Nikki, just t- take a deep breath, but enjoy taking that breath. And it's all about practice. It's about practice. So Mm. I think what people and what people and when I say what people I'm I'm including myself in in that general statement is that we often forget that it's okay to have magic in the mess. And it's also Mm. okay not to get shit right all the time. Like it's I beat myself up sometimes about never being on time. (laughs) But when I am on time, it is like glorious (laughs) and or if I'm rushing you know I I I listened to this woman tell her story about childhood trauma and how rushing makes her feel put back in her childhood because her mom was always rushing them to eat Mm. to to hurry up to come on and it makes her have anxiety So ever since I heard her share that story, I have been more mindful about how I interact with Charlie and Mm, being careful not to rush her and make her feel um, pushed out the door. This morning we had one of those pushed out the door moments and I felt (laughs) and like literally was like, why did you do that? Like, you're going to give your child anxiety. And of course, that's it doesn't happen overnight. Right. But it little things, if we're not mindful Uh and intentional about the little things, good and bad, we start to set these patterns, healthy or unhealthy, that can benefit or distract So Uh, it's about constantly evolving and learning like self-care and self-love and self-awareness and all the self things isn't an overnight success. It's never a success. It's never linear. It's always changing. But if we are Mm -hmm. not being mindful at the end of it, if we're not taking a lesson at the end of it, then that's when it becomes a problem. So I'm really, you know, I love how you kind of talk about the duality of like you're making this tea. It's in your favorite mug. It's making you feel warm and good right now. And then it's like, God damn it. Put your shoes on. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> like, come oh, on. I'm my hand right now. <laughs> and it's just this the learning like oh. and and 
and humanizing ourselves as mothers, as business owners, as wives, and not just being one thing, but being human and flawed in the process and learning how to get to where we want to be through our errors and through our duality, because that is where our truth lies. Like it's that Mm. sweet spot right there. We we're going to miss it more times than we touch it. But when we hit it, it's like, yes, like we can feel that. And mm. oh my goodness, I I'm with you, Mama. Like I'm with you, all the way. <laughs> I have to say, I love you said learning too. I I must have heard it from Ian Lavenza years ago. I feel like I grew up on Oprah, which I'm kind of grateful for because I have all these quotes and things that I pull on. But yeah, someone said, and I think it was her. Whatever you do, you're practicing. Mm. And so if you, in good and bad, yeah. So like holding your thoughts captive these like little rituals that we do me especially with the hurrying of the kids come on come on i mean i didn't even need to hurry but i'm so used to saying eat eat your dinner i'm not going to tell you again Mm -hmm, eat mm -hmm, fine last mm -hmm, bites kids or you're mm -hmm, not getting dessert you know right right that i find that i'm really good at that Mm. and that's not something i should be so good at Mm. that should be you know once in a while or whatever but i practice it because i do it every day wow i do it every day in rushing and walking into a meeting and feeling like I'm not smart enough or I'm a woman Mm. or I'm not, you know, diverse enough. No one cares what I have to say or whatever it is. Like this internal dialogue is going on in my head and I'm really good at it because I've practiced it for so long. So that unlearning. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If I don't grab a hold of it and go, whoa, 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 you're doing that again. Right. It's just, I get better and better at it. And some things that I, that are bad, I'm getting better at because I constantly do them. I even told my husband, I said, we need to fight better. We need to practice better fighting because (laughs) we need to, we need to get good at the good fight, the the good, you know, finding a resolution quicker. And just hearing. Yeah. And just hearing each other. Brian and I had the same conversation like two weeks ago. Oh, Seriously, like right? for real. Yeah. It's like whatever you practice at, you're going to get better at. And sometimes that's not good. Sometimes that's not what you want to be getting good at. And I feel like with these self-care kind of practices and everything that it's not only physical, but it's also mental in trying to keep um, the self-dialogue in check too. So in the spirit of self-dialogue, I want to talk mm. about you stepping into the shark tank because you know I was Ooh, tuned yeah. in <laughs> and I was like, Ryan, my girl is on shark tank. We've <laughs> got to tune in. And I, you mentioned, you know, stepping into a room and maybe feeling as though there's not much to offer, even though, of course, that's not the truth. But I want to talk about inner dialogue during such a heightened moment for Dottle and the pop. And you mentioned, you know, you were in the room for two hours. Like, that's a long time. And like being grilled and being picked apart, not necessarily in a bad way, but in a way that's going to really have to um, prove a point. So I want to talk about your feelings around that. And then walking away with a deal. How did oh. you feel? How did you feel? 
Well, I have to, I'll give you some background. So you know what, where people's heads are when they're actually physically walking into that room. So you go out a week before mm-hmm. and, you know, by that point, like you kind of know that you're going to do like a final practice. Um, you've been talking on the phone with, for months with producers, everything's pretty much ironed out. Mm-hmm. You know what you're going to wear, you know how much you're asking for. You've done a lot of accounting, you know, work up to that point. So you, you know, everything you can. And everyone that I met knows their quote unquote numbers. They know their business inside and out. In fact, it's the same feeling I think like in high school or college when you overstudied for a test and you're getting answers wrong when, you know, it's like an hour before your test because you just know it too well. Mm. Like you're over, (laughs) you're over the line, you know? And everyone was kind of in that same boat and you go out to LA and you're put in a funny kind of hotel and the producers are pretty hard on you. And all of a sudden your, your anticipation of like flying there and, you know, thinking of what you're going to say in the room and everything starts to dwindle hour by hour. (laughs) You're like, you're mentally getting knocked down, Mm -hmm. which is the strategy of kind of any reality show is that you see it on TV and you have certain expectations, but when you get there, they try to pull the carpet out from under you to rattle you. So, you know, I didn't have a good outfit all of a sudden. My, I was questioned about, does my voice really sound like that? Hmm. Um, is there anything, uh, you know, personal that I've overcome that I can talk about? All of these things. And I'm kind of the whole time going, well, yeah, they're producing a show and this is, you know, par for the course. Hmm. But then there's hours of interviews of talking about your family and really sad or hard moments in your life hours before you go. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And people telling you your company is not worth that. You're never going to get a deal. In fact, even worse, you can walk out there, get a deal and we won't air it because it's such a boring (gasps) offer. And so you've gone through all of this and gone into the tank and nothing will air, which now two of two folks I know that that exactly happened. And you know, you're like a stress ball. You wake up at 4 a.m. And I, up to that point, the second before I walked out on the stage, the thoughts that were running through my mind is, what is my family going to think? Mm. What are f- old friends going to think? What if I say something wrong and I try to make sound, you know, out of nerves, make something sound better than it actually is, mm. you know, or whatnot? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What if they edit it and they make me look really terrible? What if I look weird on camera? And what if they find something about my business that I can't answer or I can't think fast enough because I'm so nervous. I can hear my teeth chattering while I'm getting ready. In fact, on the microphone, they had to say, please stop chattering your teeth. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) That's terrifying. The night before I had one practice and Mm -hmm. here's how, when I walked out into like this big, it almost feels like a hanger full of, you know, desks, like card tables with all you know, it felt like to me, a hundred producers looking at me with all these laptops yeah. on these like folding tables. And I walk out and I take my mark and I thought, Oh, I, you know, I got this. Like, I love this stuff. I, I love getting really nervous and then giving everyone a show. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I uh, was on the Meredith Vieira show a couple years ago and I, I reveled in it. I loved it. I thought, oh, I wish I could do this for a living, but <laughs> what happens? <laughs> walk out and I take my mark and they're like, okay, go. And I went, Hi, I'm 
And I just froze. <laughs> I couldn't remember my name. Oh my gosh. Talk about nerves. My goodness. They say, no, that's okay. Go back and do it again. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll turn around. I turn around and go back behind the curtain. I'm like, okay, you got this. Just keep going. You know, just don't even say your name. Just keep going. And I walk out and I do it again. And with a great big smile on my face, I go, hi, I'm nothing came out. <laughs> I came out and I, I said, that's okay. Keep going. I said, yeah, you're right. And I look at everyone and my voice just totally closed. And I went, pacifiers are great oh <laughs> they said ma'am please exit we'll see you tomorrow during taping that was my practice oh <laughs> my <laughs> have you ever heard of such a thing <laughs> i walk out let me tell you if i didn't feel two inches tall at that point mm. i don't know what could have done it i was deflated and to my own doing I and I couldn't remember my name Alex I went back I had a, a bottle of water they had food for me ready and they said do you, do you remember your name now and I just looked at her and I just I just shook my head no I, I don't like don't that. ask me anything I don't know who I am right now <laughs> I don't know what's going on I'm so nervous and so the, the next morning I wake up and what you see on television was hours, you know, it was like eight hours after that whole ordeal. Yeah. But I, here's what happened though. Here was the triggers that I, I looked at everyone running around like busy bees, miking me, checking my makeup, telling me where to stand. I hear all the, the look up every, you know, there's people everywhere trying to get the show together. And I thought to myself, like a split second right before they open the doors and you see me walk down that aisle mm -hmm. or that hallway, I thought, you're all here for us, mm. the entrepreneurs. We're making the show. Mm. The sharks could easily be on CNBC talking about business and everything, but that wouldn't be exciting. Mm. We're exciting. Yeah. Our successes and failures, our nerves. And you know what? I thought, and I just, right when they opened the doors, I whispered under my breath and they, they did not include this in the show, but I looked at the sharks as soon as those doors flew open. And I thought, you're here for me. Mm. You're trying to make a deal with me. I'm not trying to make a deal yeah, with, with you. you. You're lucky to come into Dottle because we've got a really good business Yes, and we can make a good partnership, but you have to be at the same caliber that As I'm me. at mm -hmm. in that. I'm willing to sell a part of my business, which to me is like a baby. Yeah. It's like everything I've sacrificed where I've, I haven't been able to go to baseball practice and give my kids a bath mm -hmm. and sign their documents. And I have other people helping me get all that done and, and not being, being late for pickup and drop off and, you know, forget about showering and, mm. and self-care years yeah. ago. And yeah. Just yeah. was, you know, on a different planet. But I thought, you know what, that might not have a monetary value, but it has a heart value. Mm. And you have to really love my business and really believe in what we're doing in order for me to consider a deal with you. And that may seem, you know, a little cocky and everything, but that's, I think, to play in that arena where your head has to be. Yeah, You have to be kind of Okay, you want to play ball? Okay, I can, I'll play ball with you. What are the rules? Yeah. Oh, we're playing by your rules? Okay, let's do this. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And if anything, I just had to psych myself 
into that kind of mentality in order to walk in there and complete a sentence yeah. and not fall apart. Well, you kicked butt. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. When well, he asked know, why pacifiers, it, I was like, what do you mean why pacifiers? Why not pacifiers <laughs> that pop into place when they hit the ground? Like, why not? <laughs> Me and Ryan were talking to the TV. I was like, he must not have kids. I don't know. Like, what is this? <laughs> I recently started wearing a new bra by Third Love, and I absolutely adore it. Did you know that breast shape matters when you're finding a good fit? I didn't. Third Love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. I found the Fit Finder quiz really helpful when I was picking out my third love bra. I didn't know I was wearing the wrong size for so long. I think what's really awesome about this is that over 12 million women have taken the quiz to date, and it's actually a pretty fun experience. I answered a few simple questions, and I found my perfect fit in about 60 seconds. Third Love offers more than 70 sizes, which is more sizes than most other brands, including their signature half cup sizes. Not only that, but Third Love is convenient. You can skip the trip to the mall, find your fit with their online fit finder, order, try it on at home. No more awkward fitting room experiences. What really sold me on Third Love was the 100% fit guarantee. Every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. And if you don't love it, you can return it. And Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. Third Love's team of expert fit stylists are dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit. Fit stylists are available every day to help via text, chat, or phone. Returns and exchanges are free and easy. What's not to love? Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now, they're offering Hey Girl listeners 15% off of your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash heygirl to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash heygirl for 15% off today. You know, the whole time too, you're in there, you're, you're kind of being played with a little bit. They're, they're asking you real questions. And then the next second, they're kind of asking you what their character would ask you. Of course. What would Mr. Mark Wonderful, Cuban, the Mark Cuban yeah. that we know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ask. yeah. yeah. And you got to deal so, with Mr. Wonderful, right? Yeah. He's our, yep. he's Kevin our O'Leary. favorite. I mean, he's so feisty, but he's our favorite. Um, and I, <laughs> I just, I'm so proud of you. Like, I am so proud of you for stepping into that space because that's hard. Like everyone always sees the end result and being put into a place where you're questioned, where you're hours on your feet, hours in conversation about things that could be triggering, you know, like it's Uh, hard. It is hard. And women stepping into those spaces is something that is a magical force and it gives other women confidence to step into what they think is impossible or what they think is triggering mm-hmm. or what they think could, you know, hurt them, you know, and or hurt their business. You're on national television and you could say one mm-hmm. wrong thing, like you said, or you could be edited one wrong way and things can go haywire. So, you know, oh, yeah. kudos to you for, for just being there 
and showing up and doing a damn good job. Seriously, kudos to you. <laughs> Thanks, girl. <laughs> um, so as we as we wrap up here, I want to talk about a couple more things. You mentioned yeah. the loss um, of a baby and the loss of mm-hmm. your son's friend. And both of those things are devastating. And I just want to just share some love and condolences with you um, for those losses and my heart goes out to the family who lost their son. Um, oh, thank you. Just yeah, hard, you. hard stuff. You said earlier it was heavy, and it is heavy. Um, something I love about mm-hmm. the pop is the intention behind it. I mentioned that earlier. And the message of soothing. And I want to ask you how you're soothing yourself and your son as you walk mm. through grief different and in, in, in those different um, capacities of loss but ultimately still loss right um, ah, how know. are you navigating and how are you soothing you know I have to say and and if this resonates with anyone listening I'm in the the throes of it right now up until this I'm 37 up until this point in my life I think since I was a child I've always battled depression on some level um, through either, you know, situational, just my life and how I view the world. And up until now, if, if something like this were to happen, I would much prefer to crawl under the earth and just sit there Mm. until I can't anymore, but I would retreat into a dark place to almost feel safe. And, um, I have to say there, the loss of my friend's son, um, Terry Deming is his name. And there's a fund, um, for him so that his parents can, can build a legacy. Mm. Um, there is nothing I've ever seen in a movie or read in a book that I could possibly have witnessed. than I just did last week, Mm. it was so terrible that I just literally wanted to rip my skin off. It was so painful to just witness from my position as a friend. Mm. Um, and as my, my son's baseball, you know, team member and having, you know, have known them, um, for this amount of time. And I can't unsee or unfeel what I did. And I would normally retreat. I would normally, I can't handle things like that. It's too terrible. It's mm-hmm. too bad. I'm, I'm, I'm grieving for them. And then as a parent, you're putting your own self in, in their shoes mm-hmm. and thinking about your own children. And you want to like, I'm struggling with uh, this feeling of, I want to take back time. Mm-hmm. Let's go back. Let's fix it. Yeah. Who do we need to call? Yeah. What do we need to do? Yeah. I'm crawling out of my skin. I'm so sad. I can't breathe. It's so terrible. And for the first time in like, 37 years, you know, my husband said to me, when all this was going on, we we're going to, you know, wakes and services and funerals and burials. It was a, it was a, it was four or five days of just, uh, events and moments that, you know, were traditional, um, for the family to, to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, well, we're going to go to a concert tonight. We're going to go and see radio headed Madison Square Garden. I thought we are absolutely not doing that. One, it's dishonorable. Two, I 
can't even barely walk. I am so stricken with grief. I'm scared. Mm. I'm anxious. Mm. I can't stop crying. I feel wrong. Everything feels raw and sad. Everything. Can't listen to music. Can't watch TV. Don't want to don't want to talk to anyone, but yet need to talk to people. And I'm just in a I'm upside down right now. He said, no, Nick, we're going to go to this concert because it's important that we keep doing things and pushing through. And he's a you know, he's a, a basket case like I am, too. And I just couldn't think of anything worse that I wanted to do. There's absolutely no way I want to go to this concert. We get a babysitter or there's a babysitter available. And, and he says, please, I just trust me. Just go with me. Mm. And I went and we listened to the music. And the entire time we're sobbing. We're sobbing. We can't, you know, you're so raw that everything hurts. Mm. And if I feel this way, I can't even believe that other people at any point in time have ever had to actually deal with this, seeing what I saw. I can't, I can't imagine that this ever happens. It's so painful. And we go to the concert and we're crying and we leave. And I just thought, why did we do that? It just feels like we shouldn't be out trying to have, you know, quote unquote fun or do something. And we come home the next day, a friend is like, uh, that knows the family too. It's like, come on, let's go and get coffee. I'm like, I don't want to, no one wants to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Cause no, we got to do this. And I am learning right now as we speak that if you push yourself and do what you don't want to do, it somehow makes another deposit towards time and healing where it's livable. Mm. I can breathe a little bit because I keep forcing myself to do what I don't want to do, but it is somehow helping. And the old me would have said, well, I don't want to feel better because the longer I can feel like this, I stay closer to it. Mm. I have that little boy closer to me because my sadness is what bonds me to him, Mm. my grief. And I don't want to feel better ever one day. I want to stay here. Mm. And I now am seeing that like, this is why people have ceremonies and have milestones to keep reminding you that another day has passed and we're still alive Mm. and we have to take care of the living and we have to keep going on. You have to keep making meals and, and stand in line at CVS to pay for your prescription and as mundane and, and sad in and of itself, that is, you still have to keep doing it. Right. You can't, you can't sit and stare at flowers for hours and not make an attempt to try to, to move on. So for me, moving, not moving on, moving forward is very, very precious right now. It's making a meal. It's getting my kids to where they have to go. It's just doing everything in tiny bite-sized pieces so I can get to the next one. But grief right now is, um, it's so, it, I love talking about it because it helps too. I feel like it kind of like lets the pressure, you know, like in a pressure cooker, you let the lid up a little bit to let the steam out. And I feel like talking about it is very helpful because there's so many people going through this right now of all different kinds of losses. And there's so many emotions that come with it. You know, we always hear about the five stages of loss, denial, anger, Mm -hmm. depression, acceptance. And I, I, I feel those physically right now. Mm. It is so potent that it's like a physical feeling and grief with my child is, you know, he's seven. Um, his friend was seven 
And for them, the baseball team got a grief counselor, which was so wonderful because I had no idea that grief, you know, manifests in different ways at different ages. Mm -hmm. And when we told our son, he was sad because I had tears in my eyes, but he wasn't actually sad. He said, mom, Terry is in heaven. Mm. Heaven is paradise. Why are you sad? Wow. Mm. Why, you know, he's, he's in the best place. Can, can you make me pancakes? Wow. It was just mm. All very that innocence in that. Yeah. yeah. And it keeps coming out in little ways. The grief counselor for anyone that has boys, he, he, uh, he gave me a good advice. He said, when you're talking to your little boys or, or teenagers about emotions and how they feel, don't stand in front of them looking in their eyes. Stand to the side hmm. like you're walking the beach or driving a car side by side and look in the same direction. That is a way for them to really let down their emotions. Mm-hmm. It's non-confrontational yeah. and it allows them to really start talking. They'll change the subject and then they'll come back on it, but it's a lot easier. And I... You know, for uh, um, for this time, have just been saying, you know, Noah, if you're if you're sad, that's okay. If you're not sad, that's okay. He's he hasn't realized that death is the longing and yearning for someone for the rest of your life, mm. and he does not know what that feels like. So for him, Terry is just gone. But at the same time, he said to me the other night, Mom, if you want to talk to Terry or whatever, just give him a hug. I said, well, you know, Noah, he's not here. Like, do you understand that? And he goes, no, just wrap your arms around your body and say, Terry, I'm giving you a hug. Wow. And I just, oh, it like broke my heart and it like soothed me at the same time. When it comes to grieving and soothing yourself, you first have to acknowledge that you are raw and protect yourself and your emotions. Don't uh, let people near you or by you that would upset you or cause strife protect yourself like you're your own mother Mm. what would you do if you were mothering yourself and your daughter was brokenhearted right you'd make sure the needs are met the food drink shelter feeling extremely safe extremely safe and comfortable and that's what we're doing right now we're just trying to feel safe. And even with my son, like he, you know, this morning or yesterday said, well, can I, for the next baseball game, uh, we've been doing a lot of things to honor Terry, but he said, can I put um, his initials on my cheeks? You know, they do the, Mm -hmm. for the reflection, they put the dark patches under their eyes. And he's like, can I make that a TD? And I said, sure. But um, do you know why you would like to do that? And he's like, so Terry can play baseball with me today. Mm. Listen to that. You know? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's just, I'm just so tingly right now. And I appreciate Mm. you for sharing that and for walking through grief in a way that makes you feel safe, in a way that makes your son feel heard and safe. Um, Because Mm -hmm. so often we're, we're extremely hard on ourselves as we go through these different hurdles and transitions and pain. And it, it takes a lot of courage and bravery to stand through grief and let it hit you in waves. It takes a lot of courage. Um, Yeah. So I just want to give you gratitude for that. And also as we come to a close, 
what you mentioned something earlier and I wrote it down the gift of time what has mm. doddle motherhood and being your own person through it all taught you about community and the gift of time oh Alex, it's such a great question. Goodness, I think I have to sit down for that one. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, you know what's so beautiful about time is that soothing is designed into it a little bit. Yeah, time is always uh, this washing over, this weathering of like your emotions. You know, it the peaks of like your grief are weathered by time, and become you know rounder. Um, and your shallows, like, I feel like your, you know, your happiness too, over time, uh, kind of washes over it and make, brings it more back into balance. Um, you know, Doddle and motherhood as it relates to time is one is that I think I always grew up thinking innately that, um, I would live forever. Same. Right. That just everything yeah. seems so far away. And yeah. if anything bad happens, it always happens to other people and it's far. Mm. It's just like nothing's going to happen. I'm strong. I'm capable. I'm, you know, ordinary. Like I just, you know, like nothing, nothing is going to weather that. And now I think becoming a mother and having a business, I'm, I'm realizing that most things are finite. Mm. I had a realization a couple of years ago, Janet and I were at a trade show and then we we're going to bed. We we're sharing a hotel room, to, you know, because we're frugal and <laughs> we're a scrappy business. Best way to do it. And, okay. <laughs> and, and I was laying in bed and I thought, I don't, you know, there's not a lot of businesses that are like Johnson and Johnson that have been around like a hundred plus years. Right. And there's a lot of businesses that come and go very quickly or sell. And I had this like epiphany at that moment. I thought, oh my God. Doddle will eventually one day end. Mm. And that's either through we just get too old <laughs> you know? and uh, it, it becomes something different than us just working out of our attics from now. You know, she lives in Utah and I live in New Jersey. You know, grow into like this bigger thing that we won't be, you know, Skyping still with each other every every day or every couple of days mm -hmm. or we'll sell one day or, you know, we won't make it. I don't think that'll happen, but that's definitely there. And so there's one of three ways this is going to go, but something will eventually happen. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't believe it. And it gave, made me so worried. Like, <gasps> I can't believe what I'm doing right now today and this week won't always just be how it is, mm. you know? And as a mother, I look back at, you know, like we all do like our kids' baby pictures or videos that we find, you know, at 2 a.m. when we're, you know, exhausted scrolling Instagram and we go to our photos, you know, and I just look at these pictures of my kids and I think, oh, it's only been seven years. My goodness, I have genes older than you. Mm -hmm. But how fast did that all go? Mm -hmm. It went so fast. And the cliche of like time is fleeing. And, and everything I've just, I've, I'm becoming more acquainted with how heavy time is and how finite it really is. And realizing that I need to treat it more preciously than I have been. Mm. 
it's uh I have to enjoy the lows just as much as I enjoy the highs because I get to get them. Yeah. I get to have them. I'm here to live through it, enjoy it, um, harvest it, grow it. But if something doesn't work out in my favor, I need to somehow enjoy that too Mm. and learn from it, but really learn from it where it changes my behavior, behavior or my mindset and the community is interesting too, because I kind of fumbled through the world, always having, you know, a job and never really being good at my job for anyone that's an entrepreneur. That's listening, <laughs> I have your, your quintessential can't really work for anyone. Aren't really good at any one, one single thing. I'm kind of like halfway creative, halfway business but passionate. I just want to sell. So I want to talk to you about what I like. Mm. I want to talk. I want to make a connection. I want to somehow affect your life just as much as you've affected mine so that we, we rise up together. Like I'm just into that, whatever that is. Yeah. And the community, when we started, you know, when we were on the Meredith Vieira show and Kickstarter and started getting attention and was launching into retail and everything, I couldn't believe that someone other than like my mom and sister knew what the pop was. (laughs) I just thought like, this is incredible. Like no, nothing that I've ever done to date ever, you know, really stretched this far. But I, I have to say it's, um, it's powerful and walking through grief and having successes and, being able to impart something on the world, I've come to understand that we are in debt to society and our community. If you have something to give or share, do it. Yeah. Do it. Do it afraid. Do it unprepared. Do it though. Put it into motion because we all need each other, especially women right now and mothers and uh, women of color and Hispanic, like we all need each other. It's the least we can do for one another is to be supportive, to, um, spend our money that helps support other women to listen to what each other have to say, to not be critical and judgmental and learn what that really means. And the, now to pull together time in the community, I think is, is realizing that we don't have forever. And right now I'm in my golden years. Mm. My kids are going to get older and they're going to move sooner or later going to be that woman that says, Oh, when my kids were little, Mm. Oh, we did this and that. And I'll be in a new chapter in my life and realizing right now it's now Mm. it is all happening right now. And because the community has been so good to me, I am in debt to them, to us. I need to harness my will and my talents and gifts and give it back Mm -hmm. in some way, shape or form, because I have been so blessed and it would be unfair and wrong for me not to. Mm -hmm. I don't know why that makes me emotional, but it, it does. I also, you know, had so much support getting through college. I paid my way through school and it was a community that I went to for scholarships to buy me another semester. Every semester I had to go out and raise money. Yeah. I did, did eight times in college and there is the power of, of people believing in you and realizing a dream and helping you. And, and we are in debt to do that back. 
and you only have so much time to do it. Mm. That's just it. It's you're not getting any more time back. It's now. It's this week. It's this weekend. It's today. It's it's today. Yeah. Mm, that's a great way to yeah. end, Nikki. Oh, gosh. I want to talk to you all day. <laughs> so good. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. This was amazing. This was so amazing. Thank you so much. Oh, Alex. Well, oh. I adore you. I adore you. <laughs> I do this all day. I love I it. I adore you. This is so good. Oh, my gosh. Um, I have another interview coming up, and I just want to, before we go, um, just thank you. Seriously. I have watched Doddle grow and I don't even know how Doddle has become a part of the Spearman household, the Spearman family, but we love <laughs> the product. We love you and we are rooting for you and thank you for what you're doing, um, for parents and for yourself and for your family, because that oh. is just epic. So I appreciate you. Oh, I love you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And I'm always game to talk. Okay. I just, I love it. I think if anyone that's listening that can take a little nugget out of this and maybe not feel so alone or just, ha you know, just take some time for themselves to listen is such a great thing. We're doing it. Yes. We did our thing today. Yes, we did. <laughs> If you want to keep up and learn more about the offerings of Doddle & Co., you can do so on Instagram at Doddle and & Company. And if you're curious about the amazing pacifier, or binky as we call them, the pop, you can head over to DoddleAndCo.com to learn more. The Hey Girl Podcast is a member of The District Productive, produced by Paul, Woody Woodhall, and me. Alex L. Music by DC's own Kokai. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.